Hi, everyone. It's Amy Lombardi from TuneCore. Welcome to our Music Made Me podcast. Today, we're going to talk about PROs, performing rights organizations, and we're going to be joined by Bradley Collins from BMI, who is the executive director of Creative at their office in Nashville. So here we go over to Bradley Collins. Hi, Bradley. Thanks for joining us uh, for today for TuneCore's Music Made Me podcast. Amy, thanks for having me. Really, really appreciate it. What's going on in Nashville? Nashville's good. We're getting ready for a big year, getting ready to come to Austin for South by Southwest and have some festivals coming up we're a part of and um, meeting with lots of songwriters. Fun. Fun and busy. Well, yeah. thank you for joining us today to talk about performing rights organizations, uh, PROs as they're commonly referred to, and uh, PRS, Performing Rights Society in the UK. Um, I appreciate you being here. Uh, want to share your expertise on on what these organizations do for artists on a lot of different levels, and I'm hoping we can go like 20 miles down today. Sure. Instead of, you know, 20 miles across. So um, let's start with uh, what is a performing rights organization? Well, a performing rights organization is a membership organization for songwriters. So what a PRO does is we collect um, license fees from users of music. So radio stations, TV stations, hotels, restaurants, bars, and then we pay our songwriters based on their performances. So one arm collects the money, the other arm pays it out. And this past year, we distributed a little over a billion dollars to our affiliates. Wow. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. How can I join one? (laughs) But really, how can someone join a PRO? Well, it's as simple as for BMI, it's going to BMI.com and signing up. ASCAP, you can do the same thing. You just go to ASCAP.com or CSAC. Um, it's a invitation, so you need to go meet with them in person. Right. And those are the three major PROs in the United States. And for anybody listening in Canada, you can sign up with SOCAN. SOCAN. And then from SOCAN, they can decide which P, uh, American PRO they want. So they can designate ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC. That's right. That's right. I used to manage an artist who had lived in Canada for a while and so was registered through SOCAN and then and then through one here in the States as well. So uh, you told us a little bit about what kind of royalties PROs collect. What types of royalties do PROs not collect? Just, just to help some like misconceptions sure. out there. I'd love to just try uh, to clarify it for our listeners. Be a, a PRO will pay you on everything except the actual physical transaction. So that's was a mechanical license. So BMI pays performance, and then there's a mechanical side, which is the actual album sale. So it's a download, it's a physical sale. Anything out, anything that's a sale, BMI does not pay you on. Um, anything from performances from radio, TV, internet, and live performances, a PRO will pay you for. Now I have to I have to check in with you here on something because a lot of time artists who are songwriters hear the word mechanical interchanged with songwriting and that word publishing. So is that the part of the song you're talking about when you say mechanical? Or are you talking about that side of the song in relation to a physical purchase? 
Yeah, the the way to think about it is the the first album sales were the actually the spools that went into pianos to make them play. So that was a machine as a mechanical royalty, and that is the actual physical copy, whether that's a download you purchase or a physical product you buy. That is the uh, mechanical royalty, and then the performance is anything that's performed. So anything that's broadcasted, raised radio, TV anything that's live, anything that's streamed, performed, that's the actual performance that a PRO would pay you on. Okay, that's great. Thank you for that clarification. I think that's really helpful. Um, It's interesting just thinking about those early nuances and how things were described and labeled um, because they were basically basically describing how things were made or done or created. Sure, yeah. So would my PRO register my works, being my the songs that I wrote and performed, would they register them worldwide, or do I need to go to separate countries and do that? When you register a song with your performing rights organization, that covers you for the entire world. So the United States is unique that we're one of, there's a couple of countries that has more than one PRO, but we have reciprocal agreements with every PRO in other countries. So when your songs are played in Switzerland or Australia, wherever it is, Canada, those performing rights organizations pay us your money and then we pay that money to our songwriters. Um, so you're, you're covered globally when you, when you sign up for a PRO. That's great. And that's why most, most artists here, as soon as they start kind of writing songs, performing songs, recording, playing out, did you sign? Did you register your songs with a PRO yet? So, how do artists? How would you, how do artists choose who to go with? You know, BMI, ASCAP, uh, sure. CSAC. Well, it, it's it's matter of personal preference. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all very similar companies, but we act and present ourselves differently. So, I encourage everyone to go to meet with every one of them. Go talk to ASCAP, BMI. CSAC and look for an advocate wherever you are, someone that you can call up and say, hey, I have a question or I need help. Um, that's really the, the, the separation, in my opinion, of the uh, PROs. If you wanted to look at it from a different perspective, BMI just paid out more money than our than ASCAP and CSAC this past year. So that's one, one difference. Um, CSAC is a smaller company um, that is a, a imitation only, and I have plenty of writer friends that are happy there um but they are the smallest of, of the three but end of the day you just need to go figure out where you have the best connection yeah. and, that, and that'll serve you best in the long term yeah it sounds like relationships or numbers you can make your decisions based on either but i think that's really good advice to suggest that artists go talk to all of them because I think that's just the best advice in regards to a lot of a lot of choices sure. that artists have in front of them. Right, so, absolutely. I've I've spoken with artists who've signed up for PROs, like I said earlier, because they were told to, but they're not really sure why they need to. And you just explained to us it's because the a PRO will register works worldwide, and to me, that's that's just helping artists organize the business side of their work which is the business side of their business, I guess. Um, 
Sure. Can you can you share like why that's important for these these uh, revenue streams to kind of be organized? Sure, and I'll 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 go back a little bit and say that a lot of times the PRO choice is the first choice a songwriter will make because you realize what you're doing is no longer a hobby. What you want to do is try to make a, a living at writing songs. And the first place you go is to sign up with a PRO. So I meet with people years before they have a career going years before they have a song on the charts and get their business lined up. So it's really one of the first decisions that you make in order to take it from a hobby to a to a profession. Now, as far as the different streams that we pay on, it's um, radio performances. You could get as specific as you want here, because I'm going to ask people if they're listening to pause and pull out a notepad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, we we pay on radio, so anything performed on radio stations. Is that terrestrial um, radio and or terrestrial? Or sat- that's what I'm talking about okay. there. Um, those, um, they turn over playlists to us and we pay based on those performances. Um, television, we play through, uh, pay through syncs, uh, sync placements. And let's, Uh, let's talk about what a sync placement is real, real quickly. Just so we're, if we're throwing terms around that we want to make sure that they're understood. A sync placement is, is appears in like film or TV. It's anytime sound uh, sorry, audio and video are combined is how right. I would... it's actually synced into the show. So right. that's, that's the way to, that's the way to look, look at that. Right. Um, we pay on streaming. So anything Spandora, uh, Pan, Spandora, Pandora. <laughs> that's a new one. Yeah. It's a combination <laughs> of Spotify and Pandora, um, uh, Pandora, Spotify, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, anything along those lines, any kind of streaming will will pay on. And then the most interesting thing is our live uh, performances. We pay quarterly on the top 300 grossing shows per quarter, and we go out and gather those set lists. But if you're a developing ar- artist and you're not playing those type shows yet, then you can go into our BMI Live program and register your, your set list and venues and we'll pay artists based on their performances on that. So it's a way to start making money um, before your uh, headlining act. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that was one of my questions. And oh, good. I, I wanted to ask you to elaborate on that and how that got done. And I think that that's exciting for artists to do. And I think it's really smart because they can go in and there, there's just a, it's just a mechanism of a, of a good habit for an artist to get into when they're playing a set to just go ahead and take that set list and enter it into your PRO because you get to see, you know, when that money will come back to you, it helps artists understand the streamline of these revenues. And I think it's, it's one extra bit of work, but I think it's a good habit to start doing. It's also a a great way to stay on top of your catalog and make sure all your songs are registered. And the good thing is it's, it's retroactive to six months ago. So if you're just now hearing this and you're thinking you're missed out on all these performances, you can put in your shows from the last six months and they'll be covered. That's really great. And then you can see how the, you know, how, how that money comes back to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how do artists register their songs? What kind of, what kind of information do they need? 
you know, I, I get asked that a lot. Um, do we need lyric sheets? Do we need the tracks? No, we don't need either one of those. We need the writer information and their publisher information if they have it. So the hardest part of that is gathering your co-writer's information if you have it. And you would just need to know their performing rights organization, their publishing company, and uh, then the splits on the song, the percentages that everyone gets. And you go in and you register each song individually. You don't put in an entire album at a time. You put in, if you have an album of 10 songs, you re register 10 different songs. That makes sense. Um, so you just said something that is going to make me want to go out of order of my questions a little bit. You said put in their publishing company. So I, I, I'd like to just try to create like a, some clear definitions here of what that means for artists who are listening because in our experience, well, I will say in my experience specifically being in, um, in Austin, Texas, where we do not have a PRO representative. Did you hear me, everyone? Come to Texas. Um, it, it, so there's, there's a lot, there can be confusion between a PRO, a publishing company, and a publishing administrator. So sure. we don't need to go into all three of those right now, but you just said publishing company, and I want to make sure that artists understand what piece that means Okay. in regards to what you just said. Well, there's a songwriter portion that everyone understands. That's the, the part that you own as a songwriter. There's an equal portion called the publisher portion, and by default, the songwriter automatically controls that part of the song until you assign it away. Um, and the publishing side of a song is what you negotiate with. If you want to sign a publishing deal or you want to help get a sync placement, um, it's, it's a company that you control that collects the same amount of money as you do as a, as a songwriter. It's just the other half of the song. And when the question I get often is when, when is it, right to start a publishing company and i'll say you'll you'll know when it is because people will start asking you what, what your label copy is and they're wanting to know your pro affiliation and in the name of your publishing company so that's just the equal it's another part of the song and it's um, a way to ne negotiate with um uh, to get your song some more ac activity and you never have to if you don't want to. Is that correct? You don't have to. You automatically own it and control it. It's not something anyone can uh, take from you unless you assign it in a business deal that you feel good about. Okay. That's great. Thanks for explaining that. And what types of artists can register with a PRO? Is it recording artists, songwriters, performers? If I'm a singer and I go sing on a bunch of on a bunch of different recordings around Austin. I mean, I am a singer. I just would never actually let anybody <laughs> hear my voice. But, but could do I qualify? Would it is it helpful for me? Let's kind of figure out what what artists are are most suited to PROs. Anyone that writes or publishes music. I okay. mean, that's that's really that's who we rep represent. You know, there's. There's no minimum you have to hit. There's no maximum you have to hit. If you are writing songs and creating content, then uh, you should sign up with a performing rights organization. Okay, so if I'm if I'm that singer, I don't need to sign up with a performing rights organization until I start writing. Until you start writing. And, and if I get a writing credit because I wrote a vocal part, then 
then then your songwriting counts. Yep. Okay. Just want to make sure that's clear to everybody. Um, And when should artists register their songs with a PRO? Like, when does it can and and you know I'm going to throw that out there. Can hobbyists register their songs with PROs? Well, yes. I mean, like like I said before, the first decision a lot of artists make, songwriters make, is their PRO choice because they're no longer a hobby. They want to make a, make a living at it. So you don't have to be considered a professional songwriter. But when do you register songs? Whenever they become active. And I consider active. You send somebody a link to your music or you hand somebody a, an album of yours that is out in the marketplace and it could get played anywhere. It's literally out of your hands. So, of course, anything that is recorded and released, anything that you are actively outperforming, uh, you would want to register. And that's that's really, you know, pretty early in the process for, for some songs. Okay. Uh, I have an, I have another question to add in here. As you know, I work with TuneCore. I work at TuneCore. So we work with a lot of artists who are distributing to stores like Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Google, Amazon for the first time. They've already had their music on SoundCloud. What if I've just got my music on SoundCloud? Should I be registering with the PRO? Yes, you should. I mean, that, that's considered active. Great. It's, it's out in the market. It's, it is out of your hands. It's being marketed for people to listen to. Um, that's, that's really when. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it's easier to register your songs before there's a lot of attention to them until afterwards. It's just a good thing to go ahead and get out of the way because, like we talked about, once you register a song with BMI, you're covered for the world and you never know where that's going to be, that those songs are going to go. So you want to make sure that your royalty streams are protected and accounted for. Yeah. Our, our VP of uh, our publishing department at TuneCore has a great scripter for that. It's, it's like if you're carrying a, a handful of an armful of leaves across your lawn, how many will you drop before you get to the other side of the lawn? You know, that's and I think point. it's the same with like pick, trying to pick up um, some, some of these royalties from around the world after the fact. Absolutely. Yeah. It's easier to get it done at the, the beginning and entering your songs into be, be my life is a good way to stay on top of that because they're active when you're out playing them. I know artists register with registered with PROs are usually referred to as members, right? You call them your members. ASCAP calls them members. BMI calls them affiliates. Um, I just call them songwriters and that they're songwriter members that I work with. So Can it just depends. Can songwriters be affiliated with more than one PRO? Not as a songwriter. Okay. As a publisher? As a, songwriter, oh. as a publisher, they can be affiliated with all three, ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC. Uh, but as a songwriter member, you can only be at one. Okay. And is that because as a publisher, you may be publishing other songwriters works and therefore depends on what PRO those songwriters are going through. Exactly. If, if you're working with an artist and they're ASCAP and you're BMI and you're taking care of their publishing for them, then you have, you, you need to have an ASCAP company. You can't register an ASCAP writer's songs into a BMI publishing company. Okay. So anyone out there talking to publishers, any reputable publisher 
is going to have an ASCAP BMI and a CSAT company uh, underneath their umbrella. And that's just how they can work with anybody, any kind of writer. So it's the writer's choice where their performing rights organization is, uh, where they're affiliated. Uh, but yeah, you, you can be a member of all three as a publisher. Okay, I'm really glad you said that that a legitimate publisher will have will have relationships with all three. So right. keep that in mind, everybody. They're not going to tell you which one to go join um, because they've spent money on one of the companies and they don't want to do it on the other two. So um, it's just a good good thing to look look out for. Okay, I think that's important. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the expectations artists should have for their PRO. Um, as I said earlier, you know, I'm in Austin and we don't have a, we don't have uh, any PRO branches here yet, or I'll say as of now. And so an artist in Austin maybe has a lot of questions for a PRO, but the relationship is going to be over email or phone because they likely didn't, didn't meet them at a show, didn't, didn't meet the PRO rep at a show, and they likely won't run into them around town or be able to stop by their office. Um, and I, I also know that from my own experience in, in management that, um, you know, a PRO doesn't really need to do much for artists in the beginning of their career, um, you know, other than register the songs. But a lot of that, the first part is kind of like housekeeping. And then as the artist's career and tell me if I'm wrong, as the artist's career kind of develops and grows, a PRO has can come in and, and go through different stages of that activity with an artist. So I wanted to talk about those different stages of an artist's career and see how artists can deepen their relationship with a PRO throughout them and, and what's the best way for an artist to develop a relationship with um, with a representative at their PRO. Does well, mean- yes, uh, it makes sense. And <laughs> it, it, it goes back to what I've said about deciding on which one to, to go with. It's a matter of you meeting with them and feeling it out and seeing where you feel like you have a, an advocate because we offer things at every level of a songwriter slash artist career. So, it's something as simple as if you want to come to a songwriting workshop, we offer those in the Nashville office at no charge. And it goes all the way up to playing our stages at Lollapalooza as an artist. So it's going in and talking to each PRO and seeing, you know, besides what they what we really do is pay songwriters performance money, what else is there? And do you have someone that believes in you enough to get you going in the in the system. So as your career grows, the opportunities grow with, with your, your PRO. Um, and a lot of what it is honestly is someone believing you enough to introduce you to more people. So if you want to go meet a publisher or a booking agent or a business manager, PROs are going to have relationships with all those people. And if they like you and they think what you're doing has, has some potential, then they can make those introductions. If they feel like it is, you're not ready yet and you just need some more time and need some more writing, then they can tell you that too. But that's where it comes into a really personal relationship between the artist and the foreign rights organization. Because 
it's it's a great thing to have an advocate early on in your career um, that can connect those dots for you. Yeah, and for artists that aren't in, in major music cities where there is representation, it, is it is it fair to say that there's there's a lot of artists and musicians and creators and songwriters out there, and there's a kind of a finite m- amount of PRO representatives. So it's it's a lot of it's a lot of people that you could be servicing. The the numbers are are against us absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We are, we are, we are out, outnumbered, but my answer to that is everyone doesn't call us every single day. Right. And it's, it's amounts as much about talent as it is being a, your personality and being persistent. So, um, it's, it's getting in with your PRO that, that you choose, establishing that relationship and realizing that there's help. Um, if you just be patient and you're, um, listening to what they're saying and showing up at events and networking. And then hopefully you'll land on a show that'll, that'll take you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it, it is, we are outnumbered, but it's not, it's not like everyone calls us every day. Like right. I said, is it, is it fair for artists to, you know, I'm not going to give out a bunch of email addresses on the, on the air, but is it fair for artists to, you know, from other markets to email. And then I, I was a publicist too. Um, I'm like, I'm like a hundred years old. I'm a witch. No, I was also a publicist for a long time. And, um, you know, you, as in that role, you have to do quite a bit of follow up and you have to just kind of have tenacity to do it. And I feel like for artists trying to make connections in different stages of their early development, they, they kind of can't take a non answer as a no, because a lot of times people are just busy and they click through that email so and maybe forgot to respond. So is email a good way that artists can communicate looking for a rep at a PRO or is it try to go to that try to go to that festival that's going to have that that PRO stage and and try to go to those networking events and those songwriter events. I know in Austin we have an Austin songwriters group and they're you know, they can connect people here with PROs. Um, just like the access, I'm, I'm curious about what we can recommend. Any, any suggestions you have for our listeners of how they can kind of begin to build a relationship? Because you can register for any PRO online, but that may sure. not get you a person. Well, it's, you know, I can just speak about BMI. I'm, I know that if you, you come to our office um, Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, and uh, we'll be happy to sit down and talk to whoever walks in the door. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it goes back to our open door policy. You don't have to have an, an appointment. We have walk-in hours Tuesdays and Thursday mornings where you can come in as a songwriter, as a publisher, as ha- just having questions, um, and we'll sit down and be happy to happy to talk to you. So getting in and meeting with somebody is not is not difficult. The follow up and the networking to establish the relationship is going to take a few meetings and it's going to take some, some buy-in from your PRO rep. And then it's going to take you buy into the fact that they do have a lot of people on on their plate. Um, But getting in and meeting them is really going to help you out the most as opposed to just signing up online. Right. And, 
and I think for artists who are looking to make it their profession and songwriters who are making looking to make it their profession, it's important to make those those tracks. Um, as an artist starting out, let's just say I played my first show, wrote my first song, recorded my first single or album. What can uh, what can I realistically expect? Just that I'm getting everything registered and I'm doing my housekeeping and how about that next stage when I'm starting to build a streaming presence or a live performance following? Well, you, you know, it's setting up your, your songs and making sure that they're registered is the, is the first thing. And then growing your, your um, fan base. That would be the, that would be the next thing. Um, it's a lot of, doing the same thing over and over and over again until it starts to start to catch on, whether it's doing a residency at the same venue or if it's writing um, with the same people. Um, a lot of songs that we deal with are not 100% written songs. So if you write one song and it starts to, to, to do well, co-writing is the quickest way to get your songwriting um, to the next level, so, so to speak, and get it. Um, to the point that you're writing really great songs consistently with the same amount of people, um, with the same people. Um, but that's what I would do. Just continue to build and realize that success, instant success is great, but you have to build on top of that. Yeah. And there's chemistry there with, with co-writing. I mean, I, 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 right. You can, you can be in a room and write with certain people and not have that kind of same magic that you could have with other songwriter sure I, I get i get asked to hook up co-writes all the time and i'm like it's like setting up a blind date you know i really don't know i really don't know what what y'all are gonna mesh with but go in with the approach of write with everybody one time to see if you get anything um that that's that that seems to work for most writers and that's interesting because there's a lot of songwriters for who it's you know a private thing and they don't want to be in a room with somebody they don't know. But I I think that artists should always be trying to put themselves in. Once they're very comfortable, they need to put themselves in an uncomfortable place again so that they can keep growing. Just get a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. That helps. I appreciate your time so much today, Bradley. Do you do you have any you know kind of parting words to share or suggestions to share with our listeners? Or are there any it's, questions that you think I should have asked you? Any questions you should have asked? Um, no, I mean, I, for, for me, this is a, 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 the performing rights organizations are constantly changing. And being in touch with your PRO and knowing what's happening is, is really on, on the songwriter. So being persistent, following up, going to shows, realizing that just because you aren't playing being present and networking is huge um that's what i would do i mean that's that's how i i tell people to go it's as much about personality and persistence as it is about talent um and the, the ones that really work hard and and, and know that co-writing is an opportunity even though yet they may not write songs um with other people it's an opportunity to go out and meet some some, some new folks and expand your business and um you know, ho hopefully we'll see you on one of our stages eventually. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining us at Music Made Me. And thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Amy Lombardi. <laughs>